Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Sao Paulo is Shin J. Kim. Shin is a partner at the law firm Tozini Frere and also a member of the SCCE and HCCA board. And then joining us from the United Kingdom is Jonathan Armstrong, who's a partner at Cordery Compliance. Uh, Jonathan, Shin, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you. Our pleasure, too, and I want to thank you both for your work in shepherding together the international multinational track at the 2020 Compliance and Ethics Institute, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Uh, first, Jonathan, why don't we start with you? Can you take us through some of the highlights of the track? Well, Adam, there are many, and thanks uh, for having us both on. It's been a great uh, privilege to, to curate the international track. And the aim really has been to have a truly international track this time, to look at the heart of what is concerning compliance professionals right around the world. So for me, there are, there are many highlights, I would say that, wouldn't I? We start off in Asia, we look at uh, almost a state of the union piece from Asia, what are compliance relations like? there. And of course, many of us are learning from Asia at the moment, particularly with the COVID crisis. As countries in Asia come through the crisis quicker, then we're learning a lot about what works in terms of uh, return to work, etc. Where we've got uh, programs looking at um, Europe as well, as you'd expect. So looking particularly at the sort of two and a half year uh, anniversary of GDPR, contrasting that with how data protection laws have worked in in uh, Brazil and Japan. Uh, we've got programs looking at Africa and the Middle East. And then we've got programs looking at uh, the global environment as a whole. I'm involved with one, for example, looking at uh, obviously what would have been an Olympic year, who gets the gold medal performances for compliance and who's right at the back of the field. And, and Shin, I think you've been particularly involved in some of the programs in uh, in the Americas as well. Yeah, actually, uh, thank you again, Adam, and also Jonathan, and has been also my pleasure to share with Jonathan uh, the building of uh, the international track. As always, I think that over the years, this has been uh, 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 one of the main, uh, I would say, area of growth in terms of attendance and interest, and all this review uh, of international track has been, you know, just amazing. And this year, not going to be different. I guess that uh, we do have a different year because of pandemic. Reason why I think that we can all share the experience throughout this topic we have together. Uh, as Jonathan mentioned, that we are going to be traveling over the globe. You know, you'll see each different region talk about their own uh, challenges and how they are, you know, over overcoming such challenges and also bring their experience. But also, we have also included uh, some of the. Uh, uh, some of the fronts that, uh, you know, the, there's no, I would say, uh, particularity for the reason, but also because of the practice itself, it can be applied anywhere. So you see how to conduct in the, in, uh, independent investigation for foreign creation. Uh, we see that that is an area that uh, more and more global operations are very interested in. We also going to talk about sexual harassment and abuse. Uh, this movement that coming from, you know, Me Too and also been growing uh, globally, I think that, that there will be a lot of discussion on that. Uh, the 
the, the challenges of data protection that is also many countries, especially in Brazil, well, we have a deadline that it has been postponed, but many operations out there are trying to understand how to implement uh, the you know, or new GDPR and also Brazilian GDPR is the Japan. Uh, we also have a gross border, you know, globalizing your compliance program. So uh, I think that there are a number of other uh, panels that uh, we are not going to be, you know, here to discuss everything. But I think that the main main idea is really like a bring uh, cross-border experience as also regional experience, and also what are the hot topics in terms of, uh, you know, strengthening and making more robust your compliance program. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of experience, I want to take advantage of both of your experience while you're on the line here. Um, Shin, as I mentioned before, you're based in Brazil, and Brazil, by the way, is our second biggest country by membership. Um, what should compliance teams be thinking about as they look at risk there and throughout South America these days? Yeah, I, actually, uh, the word risk is very interesting. As you know, uh, the Brazilian uh, authority that is more focused on, on uh, being guidance on how companies should build its, uh, their compliance program. Uh, the CGU uh, it stands for uh, Controller, you know, Brazilian Controller uh, uh, General of a Union. One of the major uh, aspects they've been looking into very closely are the risk assessment. They believe that the risk assessment are uh, uh, companies are overlooking, you know, such tasks uh, they're not doing properly. And that is something that we've been telling to our clients that, you know, you have to really look into your risk. And obviously, when you talk about South America, each country uh, forming South America has different its own uh, risk, uh, you know, despite of everybody understand that culture is the main main aspect out there. But uh, each country, each sector, each industry has its own desk. Yeah, understanding these risks are very important. And also, this is going to be, uh, and I, uh, the way that uh, the authority is going to be looking very closely, how the companies are looking the risk. And this is going to be for sure covered in our international track. Now, Jonathan, what's going on in Europe from a compliance perspective? You mentioned GDPR. Are there other yeah. hot topics there? Yeah, there are. Yeah, as far as GDPR is concerned, of course, uh, uh, there's an excellent article on the first two years of GDPR in the in the current edition of the CEP magazine, which I might just plug since I'm here. But aside from GDPR, I think the big issue that people are tackling with, understandably, is all the issues around COVID-19, and they're many and varied. So that's things like returning to the office environment. It's things like doing training when face-to-face -face isn't really an option. So how do you engage people? How do you use uh, an understanding of behaviors to replicate those in-office controls when people are at home? And uh, and then there are also new risks that compliance professionals are dealing with, or at least reframed risks. So I think many of our clients, for example, have trained up the uh, sales guys not to pay bribes. They've trained up the procurement people not to receive bribes because obviously legislation like the Bribery Act criminalizes the receipt as well as the paying. But increasingly, at least anecdotally, 
people who aren't in those two categories are being asked for payments. You know, HR professionals are being asked for permit fees to open up buildings uh, to more people or to increase occupancy levels as we return to sort of in-office physical working or we open our stores up to more customers or whatever that might be. So I think that uh, a, a lot of the work at the moment is looking at those people who are still working at home and then all these new issues like, you know, where can you buy PPE from in a hurry that doesn't involve you having to pay a bribe? So I, I think in some respects, um, the, the pandemic is still dominating a lot of th people's thinking. Of course, that isn't to say all of the uh, other issues uh, are going uh, away. And I think on the horizon, I mean, one of the interesting panels that I'm very much looking forward to is uh, Magic Man, Tell Us the Future of Compliance If You Can, which is one of the final sessions in the program that's going to look at the future of compliance. So we're engaged in, in doing that as well. There's new whistleblowing laws coming in Europe, which are going to be hugely impactful, I think. And I think we're going to return to some of the strains that US corporations feel in the area of whistleblowing. And that, that that's something that's starting to get on people's radar. Obviously, supply chain is a, is a perennial issue that people are trying to address as well. Final question in the little bit of time we have left is it used to be that any discussion about compliance globally was inevitably a conversation about anti-corruption. You know, these days it spans <laughs> a widening net of issues, um, including things like privacy, which we touched on, economic sanctions, which we hadn't gotten to. Um, when the world emerges from the pandemic, what do you think compliance teams with remits that span many borders need to be focused on? Uh, Jonathan? I think it's the sort of issues that we have discussed. I mean, supply chain, I think I think I'm, I'm in two minds about this. I think when we went into the pandemic, there was all these uh, calls for the world to be a kinder place that was to be welcomed. And that obviously would reflect into the compliance professionals agenda. We'd be more interested in things like uh, modern slavery. We'd be more interested in, in ethical behaviors as well. I, unfortunately, from my side of the Atlantic, have seen a bit of a row back of that and people going back to the sad old Gordon Gecko type ways. I hope that's not happening. But if it is, then then obviously we'll have to look much more aggressively at things like where we're procuring stuff from. One of the big worries, I think, of the last couple of months that I think is going to be repeated is that companies are having to buy stuff that they're not used to buying, like PPE, like plastic screens, like heat detecting cameras, et cetera, et cetera. And there's all sorts of weird and wonderful operations cropping up to sell this kit. And we know that a number of governments have been the victims of scams. And as the supply chains get more and more weird, then regrettably, I think compliance professionals are going to spend the next few years unraveling some of these deals. And the difficulty of all of this, of course, is they're always judged in hindsight. Regulators particularly forget how bad it was in April 2020 when they look at the decisions that the business made in April 2026. And so for a lot of compliance professionals, it's going to be about revisiting those deals, documenting why you made decisions 
uh, the, the decisions that you made uh, then, or at least making sure that the business documents them and you have oversight into those decisions that were made. And um, I, and I think there's definitely months, if not years of work in unraveling some of the decisions that were taken at haste. Actually, Jonathan, I completely agree with you that during this pandemic, uh, many regulations have been eased, uh, you know, in order to facilitate the uh, urgent uh, purchase by the government. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, that's a loophole out there that companies, you know, some of the companies see that uh, a way to bypass, let's say, internal rules and, and, and policies. So reason why I think that uh, what, what you just mentioned about documenting everything is so important, right? I mean, uh, because uh, five years from now, when you look back, nobody will really remember what was this pandemic uh, cause over the, the, the organization. So uh, this document, documenting everything, why and, and how, uh, and, and you know, and who did the, the decision and why and how and under which circumstances and try to gather such information, keep the information. And also the, the government itself in Brazil, they, they, they had not stopped at all, you know, the regulators and, you know, mm -hmm. prosecution of, they be so busy and they are, they are holding everything virtually. So we are not feeling that, uh, you know, they have been slowed down. So um, and many said, you know, after this pandemic or by, they are going to see increase of investigation. Yeah, I think that they are doing now, you know, simultaneously, the fact that, uh, you know, even during this difficult time, there are people still doing what they do wrongly, you know, and taking advantages. So they are they are very closely uh, enforcing that situation. And another point that uh, uh, Jonathan mentioned, and I, I think that we can keep this as our uh, maybe task for the next year is about whistleblowing. Uh, we do have a uh, new law just passed about whistleblow, uh, giving, you know, just like in the U.S., Dodd Frank Act, even you have, uh, you know, a part of the benefit going to the whistleblower. Uh, this going to, uh, nobody really talked about that yet, but I think that the ones, it, it's become really real. You know, people start mm -hmm. sensing that company will be, you know, looking that, that, that hunt as well. So I see that being important. Uh, just one thing, Adam, uh, for the board member, uh, I think that, uh, you know, we have to more and more think about the, the, the virtual world, right? Because uh, this pandemic, today is COVID-19, and uh, who knows, you know, a couple of months later, there'll be another another pandemic. So uh, I think that this is going to be part of our, you know, one of the major risks, and, and this is going to be a risk that's going to come, uh, it came and will stay forever, you know. Well, definitely a lot to think about, you know, not just for now, but for the future. Well, Shin, Jonathan, yeah. thank you for taking the time today to talk with us, and thank you for all the work you put in to putting together the multinational international track. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletop from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.